It's said that everything is bigger in Texas. Well, hockey is no different. Right off the draw, Haskin and scores! Come see your Dallas Stars live and experience the Texas-sized hits, big-time goals, and the thrill of victory. Ben Barchman, score! Join the excitement all season long. Visit DallasStars.com slash tickets today. Welcome to the Podman Rush, the official podcast of the Dallas Stars, presented by Truly Hard Seltzer. Here's your host, Daryl Razor Ray. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, good whenever, Podman Rushers. That's the beauty of podcasting. Our inane, imbecilic musings are available 24-7. Talk about a bespoke world that you really don't need, huh? It's the Razor Boy in Haika. Yeah. Yeah, too slammed uh, to court anyone better on this week's Podman Rush presented by Truly Hard Seltzer. So it, we just remain the, the two of us. And uh, Mike, maybe you can let everyone know how you're doing this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whenever they're listening to this. Uh, I did have an interesting uh, point of reflection this morning as oh I was my. watching Good Good Morning Football. That's a great show. I, hey, you know what? Know. It's a great show. It might be, it, not might be. It, it's the best sports, that type of genre show on any platform right now. Outside of the Podman Rush. Well, that of course. One, that one. But it was interesting because it's televised, so you get to watch them. But they're just like leaning back in their chair. They're wearing sneakers. They're just, you know, they're just BSing. And I'm going like, this is what entertainment is now. You just listen to people talk to each other. And it's kind of cool. So you felt fine about that? Some people get all riled that there's not a formality to things. Uh, I I was on uh, NHL Network yesterday. Oh, my God. A bragging point. You're Mr. Network. NFL Network, NHL Network. When are you going on BAM with MLB? (laughs) So before me, I'm watching a little feed, and they have Bruce Boudreaux on there, and he is sitting in a chair, (laughs) and that is not the best location for Bruce Boudreaux. Was there a lot of Bruce pouring over there? Oh, my gosh. And then his socks are like maybe an inch above his shoe. And he's got dress (laughs) shoes on and dress pants. And you can see about four inches of uh, ankle there. And I'm going like, yeah, they need to put him behind a desk a little bit more. (laughs) Ankleage. It's like the, the lower level cleavage. Yeah, Gabby. he was trying. He was trying to get the uh, women audience excited there. You know, what, Gabby's a bit of a pig pen. I think even he would admit that. Uh, and and back to your initial point, it's what comes out of the mouth. Yes. Although I thought we live in a visual world, but is that only on on Instagram? Uh, it's a little bit of everything. I think you have to take it in doses. So you you have to be like a five tool broadcast presenter like myself in order to encompass all that that people are looking for? I think you do a pretty darn good job at it, to tell you the truth. I have shorts, Uggs, and a hoodie on right now, so (laughs) I don't think I'm killing it. Hey, one more time into the Ben 1000. A lot of people are saying, Mike, that it was my rousing cannonation of Jamie that prompted the 
explosive start and severe thumping of the cup, uh, cup champs, Stanley Cup champs, on Saturday. That's what I'm hearing. I don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm hearing. I'm hearing people, those things. People are saying. People are saying that. Two two things for me. One, I love that this franchise values captaincy. Yes. From. You know, a brief tenure with with Tenorti when they first came from Minnesota to Dallas, on to Darien. Uh, you know, Mike uh, Madonna for a bit, on to uh, Brendan Morrow, and then Jamie now. And it, it's just like I've said it before: some franchises just willy nilly toss the C around and don't put a lot of thought into it. But we've had what now three different general managers all kind of nail it on the type of individual they want to wear the C and lead the club. I know leadership groups are bigger nowadays than they, they ever have been. And there's been tons of support for Hatcher and Morrow and, and now Jamie around them. But I, I just, I love that about this franchise. And number two, it's so great that Jamie is playing really well, rather than kind of mucking along as he hits this milestone and the celebration and everything. So those are the, those are the two big things I, I took away. It was nice to see his family down here for both. Uh, and, and that would be one of the other things, I guess. The fact that he played 1,000 on home ice, and we celebrate him, obviously, at a home game. I, I just thought there was just wonderful synergy to all of it. Yes, and I like the fact that you were announcing because you're a BC guy. That's a BC family, and very proudly BC, I think. And so I was looking down at that, going like, I think this is a this is a perfect marriage of announcer and uh, family and uh, recipient because I think there's a a, a certain respect uh, for all parties. Uh, it was I mean, it just looked like a family gathering. Yeah, uh, eat you included. that Vancouver. Eat that yeah. Canucks. Yeah, come on. <laughs> uh, and then the second thing is, I'm with you. The captaincy is important, and especially when it's him. Uh, when they, they start showing the film and they show, one, the, just how good he was. I mean, mm-hmm. not to say he's not good now, but, I mean, he was no, spectacular. I know what you mean. I know what you yeah, mean. I mean, you're going like, holy cow, I forgot just what a talented goal scorer he was. And then, two, to see him, you know, in the locker room after the Stanley Cup final loss, uh, to hear everybody talk about how much they respect him, um, it is important. Uh, leadership is important, and he might be the best leader in hockey. Um, he's just done a fantastic job of you know, earning the respect of people, bringing people together, uh, even when, you know, guys like Domi come in. Uh, and I'm sure they're going to say good things because they're the new guy. In the, but I mean, they, I think they really mean it, that coming into this locker room is an easy, easy thing because of people like Jamie Benn. He makes it easy for newcomers. I'll never forget when Sidney Crosby was asked, I believe it was in 2014 or just prior to that, maybe just after the two of them were on Team Canada at the Olympics. Somebody asked Crosby who he would choose to start a team with, to build around. And without missing a beat, he said Jamie Benn. So. It's pretty good. Yeah. He has two new faces to welcome and lead. Trade deadline brought Evgeny Dodonov and Max Domi to Dallas. We talked a little bit about Dodonov last week. How do you unpack the onboarding that Jim Nill did as as well as the sort of hyperactive 2023 deadline as a whole? 
Uh, well, I hate to be a homer, but I think it's just a, the most fantastic job ever. Uh, you gave up two guys you probably wanted to move and who weren't going to be here next season and a 2025 second round draft pick. And you added two offensive players, which was your need. And now, so even last night when you're putting Kiviranta in there with uh, uh, Delandria and Foxa on the fourth line, you're like, whoa. So Delandria has got eight goals. I think, yeah, eight goals. Uh, mm-hmm. Foxe has eight goals. Uh, Kivirante has six. That's your fourth line. And, you you know, you could get offense out of that group going forward. And then, you know, Glenn Denning will come back and you'll have more competition for spots. Um, and then the other thing is it just, to me, it makes these lines work better. Tyler needed something. Uh, I have immense respect for Tyler Sagan. And, again, another homer thing. I'm sure there's people out there who say, oh, whatever. You are a homer. I am a big homer today, but like if you watch him, he works really hard and it hasn't been easy as his body is kind of, you know, oh, look, it's my Achilles. Oh, no, it's my heel. Oh, no, it's my hip. Oh, no, it's my knee. And, you know, it's taken some speed out of his game and made him change things. And I think last year uh, he almost exclusively went to the net. And now I think you're, you know, you're seeing a little bit of the the hybrid Tyler that, you know, learned how to go to the net and still can can score an open icer on a one timer um so nothing against dennis i just think they needed something different for tyler and i i do think this could this could work well yeah i i mean i I love it when teams use second round draft picks as currency i think that's a good way of going about your business not first rounders but second rounders and if you just looked at it like superficially dodonoff and domi in exchange for Dennis Gurionov is is pretty good. I mean, Doby wasn't here, and no. the contract was was a problem uh, because of the cap, and they couldn't bring him up even if they wanted, and just all that all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it was about offense and experience. You got these aren't you know young green individuals that are coming in here. Uh, both have been around the league for a while and on multiple teams. I really appreciate the challenges that Nil was dealing with. It's onerous for a lot of GMs with the cap situations around the league. It was they had to be creative, and then oh yeah, and then they. I mean, I felt like I needed a cigarette after all the nonstop transaction action that went on for two weeks. Uh, it was nuts. It was just crazy. It was like they lost their minds. But well, honest, and some, yeah, some of the trades with the amount of draft picks that were given up. And- oh, it was just like, yeah. I, I mean, I guess the urgency that the, the, they feel and maybe it was pent up. I, I don't know. But it, it was it was a nutty, nutty trade deadline that had me, everyone just refreshing on Twitter. And it was just like <laughs> another and another. And it, it was crazy. We, we got robbed of the greatest exchange maybe ever of, of Domi just coming straight across <laughs> in, in Chicago because the rumors were rampant. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and before, yeah, long with plenty of time, it seemed like for him to do it just seemed that. like it. And you would yeah. have had Max Domi pregame skate with the Blackhawks and then play that night with the other team in front of the home crowd in Chicago on Patrick Kane night, which was a weirdo event too at the <laughs> at UC. Patrick Kane's in New York. Yeah, it was and just, so the whole him. thing was just 
surreal in some ways. I told then, one of the people I was sitting next to, it was for the fans. I mean, you could feel as much as, you know, I'm sure they wanted to say thanks to Patrick and everything. It was for the fans too. They're having a hard time up there right now. And, and they wanted to have a little positivity and say, you know, we used to be really good. <laughs> let's, let's remember those days. Yeah, so. It was just, <laughs> I'll be honest though, like I, we're driving up and, and there's 88 draped down the side of the United Center. Every digital board had a picture of, of Kane on it. And I was like, is he's playing for the Rangers tonight, right? Like right. he's not coming the, back and dropping the puck or anything, is he? Yeah. They're not raising his banner. They're not, to the, yeah, to the they're Raptors not retiring tonight. 88, <laughs> but I, I get it. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the, so. the only other thing I'd say about the trade deadline, I honestly thought that there might be a, a meaty defenseman in the cards for the stars as well. And I know again, that it's hoops and, and obstacle courses to get stuff done because of cap constraints. But I, I kind of thought that might be part of it. And I, I might've had my finger crossed a little bit for it, but that was, that was me sitting on the sidelines. So can, can I uh, send a shout out to my pal, Mark Janko and, and his people up there in the front office, Next is year, leave. More, is this more homerism from you? No, oh, this okay. one's a criticism. Oh my next God, year, Mike! Next year, leave careful. like a million bucks. You know, just like like you would do with your bank account. Just say, oh, I can't touch this money. <laughs> this money, you know, I, I just put in there, and I can't. It's not have for a spending account. on the bill. Have a burner yeah. account. <laughs> have a burner account. Just. <laughs> it's been so difficult sending guys up, sending guys down just to save, you know, $4,000, $8,000 on an $84 million budget. So just next year, say, put just put a, a million aside. That's all I'm asking <laughs> so that we don't have to go through all this. And then, you know, maybe you might, maybe a million at the trade deadline could, could get you a nice beefy defenseman. Look at you, you know it all. Oh, I'm. Hey, if I was running the show, Stanley Cup every year. Yeah, we would have folded long ago. Uh, (laughs) So, Cup champs, and then the spring nemesis come to town. (laughs) And you saw the potential, but also the problem. They bullied the Avs in the final meeting between them, although Colorado was without a few guys that would have pushed back some. And McCarr looked really skittish, and you would understand that coming off a couple of, of uh, conc- I don't know if they labeled them both as concussions, but he's been yeah. dealing with that. Uh, he wanted no part of the physicality the Stars threw at him. Uh, and then couldn't back it up with another one against the very desperate Save the Season Flames last night. D's own play at times was mm, mm. a lot of hard edge battles in the game. Like It, it, was, it was Stars Flames again. Yep. Uh, Jake has been better than he was last night. They lose on the last shot again. Here's here, here was my take. I love the game. I, I stated it. I went onto the the Twitter machine. Oh wow! And stated my my absolute affection for that seven three drubbing of the Avalanche on Jamie Ben Day. I I just I thought it was exactly how I love the star, stars when they play that way. Yes. It's just, you're just like, yes, that looks like a wagon. Uh, and then came out, and as they have done many times, especially on home ice, drop behind and then chase. And they're a great chase team, but that's a tough way to live and oftentimes not a winning way to live. Here's my Razorlytic from last night. 
when your best player, Miro Haskinen, has his head bounced off the boards by a meat bucket with three minutes to go in a tie game, you convert on the power play. Yes. You, you convert on that power play. And then point at the delinquent on the way off and tell him it's all your fault and not give up a breakaway with eight seconds to go in regulation. It was just... <laughs> That that is that was example A, B, and C maybe of of critical execution. You know, yes. you talk about critical execution, and and that is it. And maybe a lesson, I guess. But man, I I hated every aspect of that in that one. And unfortunately, they, I mean, they got nothing out of the game, and they really deserved nothing out of the game. The way yeah, it, I agree it was with that. played. So uh, it, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of people were, were upset with Ty Delandria to try and throw puck in the middle of the ice. And and rightfully so. That was a bad decision. But what were the two I mean, your two best defensive defensemen? You're like, there's seven seconds left in the game. You know, they'd be like a cornerback cheating up. You know, in a tie game, right? I I didn't get it, but I mean, there there were blame, there was blame to go throughout the entire lineup for that last play. Um, the thing that is interesting to me, and this is what I was driving home thinking about last night, that these two games to me remind me of a playoff series. That you go in and you win the the opener, and you think you're the best team in the league, and you're you know just strutting around thinking that this is it this is we're on our way and then the next game you start off slow the other team says hey we've got a little momentum too and all of a sudden you know now we're off now it's a a, a battle of uh, runs and streaks and mistakes um and, and that's what last night was it was just it felt like a playoff type situation where as, as sloppy as it was, I've seen those games in the playoffs where you think, oh, they're going to be on top of their game and they're coming off a great win. And then they just, for whatever reason, I don't know if they get full of themselves or it's just hard to maintain that intensity. But that's what it reminded me of, like, you know, back to back games in a playoff series that can be so different. Uh, and that's what it was to me. Yeah, uh, the only thing, you know, same building, home ice, supposed to be an advantage and, and yes. two different opponents. Uh, it, it, yeah, I, it was just, just didn't enjoy the way that unfolded at the end on many different levels. No. You know, like lots of different levels where that yeah. was just like, you know, they, they worked so hard to get back to. They scored twice. The way they scored, shorthanded with Rope, another – Another one of those face-off win goals from Jamie is just, and then that. Yep. <laughs> anyway, Central uh, Central Division today. Uh, it's a new segment, Mike. By the way, okay. Central Division today. Good Good morning, Central should Division. Some, we should have some kind of <laughs> intro music. Central music today. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, some absolutely fascinating playoff possibilities are brewing. Uh, you have, you now have our old friend John Klingberg in Minnesota. Yes. And if the Wild and Stars ever lock somewhere in these 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs, essentially it'll be their Swedes against the Stars Finns, will it not? <laughs> yes, indeed. I mean that will be that will be the the core of this thing would be Swedes versus Finns. It would be fun to watch. My money's I, you on. You know, it's funny. I, I hate to I hate to put words into John's mouth. Uh, but I do feel like he felt he has a chip on his shoulder for how things ended here. 
I, I he think had a chip he felt, on his shoulder leaving Anaheim too. Did you hear? I, I know he's just that's who John is. He's very proud, and but it would be interesting to see him with a chance to kind of maybe prove to the stars that they made a mistake by not you know signing him to a twenty-seven year deal or whatever well, he wanted. That that would be that direction. You also have Ryan Suter against the Minnesota Wild, and yeah. that intrigue. So. Uh, yeah, it, anyway, that that's one of them. You, you potentially have the Bones and the Jets against the Stars, which would be fascinating. You have the Stars and their history with the Avs. Yep. And A couple of Game 7s in there. Well, yeah, depending upon when they meet them, but if they you know, if they lock on whether it's first round or or down the road in the I don't know, somewhere along the line, you suspect it'll probably go seven, and the Yoel Kiviranta show will ignite. <laughs> <laughs> the Stars have been very good in series yes, against have. those Avs when they go deep. Uh, if it's the Oilers, you obviously you have McDavid, but you also have Jack Campbell. Not even sure whether he's going to play. It's been a rugged go for him in his first year with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, but, I mean, former first-round draft pick and and that if it's the kraken you have you have the big rig out there and a kraken team in their second year that has has been sensational we haven't even seen them yet that's why i'm looking forward to uh going on the road and spending a little time out there in seattle and seeing them twice in a row indeed Uh, little battle of uh some talented rookies going head to head well exactly you have veneers and wyatt johnston like there's just there's a lot of stuff to marquee, uh, and I know we got to wait. I'm starting to get a little bit giddy though, Mike, <laughs> about the potentials of these playoff series once we get there. So you, yeah, same thing. And and you know it's funny. I I usually don't even care about the East that much. The East is going to be just bonzo. That's why I think the trade deadline was so crazy is that so many teams think they have a chance to win it all. And I I mean, what are they, the top six or seven teams in the league right now in the Eastern Conference? I mean, that's going to be fun too. So yeah, I I just can't wait to, you know, to be in the play. Remember back in the day we would go in Edmonton and on the off nights, we'd go watch the other, the other games Mm. before we, it was so much fun Mm. because I mean, Games start in Edmonton at about four o'clock, and you just sit out there all day and uh, with your buddies, uh, having a, a cold brew and watching hockey all night. Be careful, though. There's an extra little bit of alcohol content in that Canadian oh. amber gold. The mm. the stars. Speaking of rich histories against certain opponents in the Western Conference, it usually works out very well for the stars when they meet the Oil. In the opening round. And that, heading into last night's game, I think that was the matchup, right? Yeah, it was. Isn't that nuts? So so much can change, but yes, it is Oh, I know, I know. But we've reached that portion of the season, Mike, where you do get to start saying, if the playoffs started today, which they don't, but if they (laughs) did, here we go. And Uh, you do, in your mind, you start drawing up all the matchups and... You know, all the strategy that my mind, might, uh, I just blurted them out, Mike, into the microphone for the podcast. Not just my mind. In your mind, Daryl. I purged it. I offered it up for debate. Do you think people are there in their car debating right now? 
which the, the best which the best opponent matchup would be in the opening yeah. round? Yes, Mike. I believe they are. Interesting. I believe they are. I'm like a fluffer for their thoughts. Oh my gosh. Well, there you go. I then stir there's it up. I'm the, like a whip. I'm like that, like making a, a meringue or something. <laughs> All right, road preview. Because we're yes. going on the road. Oh, so much oh, fun. Oh, 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 oh. What are you looking forward to? I've never really been to Seattle. I've never spent time there. So having back-to-back game, or not back-to-back, but two games in a in, uh, couple of days there, I think is going to be fantastic. I hear the city's amazing. Well, it's the Pacific Northwest. It's the Emerald City, you know. <laughs> well, first things first, though, Mike. We are going to go to Buffalo. It's the we are. It's the the very contiguous Buffalo to Seattle uh, start to the road trip. My, I'm looking forward to Wings in Buffalo, and okay, we'll probably get Mister Anderson in goal after his brilliant performance. At American Airlines Center, and the Sabers beat the Stars. He's like, he's like in his late sixties or something in net for them. <laughs> it just, I think, is a miraculous story. Cancer and everything else, and and he just keeps chugging along and playing great. But yes. I really, I really, really want to spend three hours saying Ukapekalukanen repeatedly. I just want him to start once against the Stars. So I can say Ukapakalukanen in the pipes. So that's interesting. My, and and I, I'm fascinated by the Sabres. I they got something brewing out there in Buffalo. They're gonna be they're gonna be a force here. They're starting to kind of inch steps forward and they're they're still on the bubble out there, are they not? I think so. Yeah. I think you're gonna get a, a team that's very just like Calgary, a team that's very hungry yeah. to you know, these are their playoff games already. It'll be first time to climate pledge in Seattle. I haven't I haven't been to a hockey game in Seattle since my junior days when it was at Seattle Center Arena and the Seattle Thunderbirds. Uh there I got a lot of stories from those games in Seattle back in the day, I can tell you. Was that the locker room with the curtain that, that fans the, could actually <laughs> It was the curtain, it was the it, it was the chicken wire. It, they could. There were groups of women with water pistols that filled them with perfume, and they would just hammer guys on face-offs through the chicken wire. You, guys would come out of there just smelling like the the boutique at Nordstrom's, uh, and the boards had. And I'm not. I'm not lying. And I, I didn't have to deal with this part of it as a goaltender, but. The top of the boards were had a like a a tire rubber strip along it, a thick tire rubber strip at the top of the boards all the way around the rink. I believe to guard against the zamboni running into it because it was the the arena itself was almost perfectly rectangular. Okay, like like there, the corners had no arc to them whatsoever. It was just squared off. It felt like. Um, but guys would get rubbed out along the boards and, and their shoulder would be left back on the on the black rubber. And the jerseys, you know, just full of black marks all over them from this stuff. It was just the, the most dunsical thing I could imagine <laughs> inside an arena. And then I would sit there in my net 
and and it was like a almost like a theater in behind where we we defended twice, and the fans took it to another level. They would pelt me with coins from up there. No, it was nice. But what they would do is they'd warm them up. It's just so dangerous. But they'd warm up the coins and then throw them on the ice. So then they'd melt into the ice. So guys couldn't. You you'd have a tough time like picking them up and that, and they'd stay there. And then guys would skate and they'd step on them and then growing gone just leg out from underneath there where was the junior hockey players union at the at this time <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> sevy sevy played there and i remember oh, going no. in there and he, he i think he had to fight every guy on our team it would just be again again laforge <laughs> just set them up and they weren't very good and we'd we'd hammer them uh, but that I think climate pledge is a little different. I think there's a different attitude a around nicer, yeah. hockey in in uh, Seattle, Washington now. But yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, Western Canadian swings have been, are, and always oh. will be my favorite. They're just, yes. you know, it's it, as you said about playoffs. Even in the regular season, it's just hockey immersion. It's home feeling for a guy who's from Western Canada. Uh, players, families back in the day. You don't have it as much anymore because I think everyone's from Ontario, America, or Finland now. But we had a lot of Western Canadians a long time ago, and you'd go out there, and the parents were around. and uh, drop in for the morning skate or whatever. Yeah, and guys would feel it. Uh, You know, there was just a little extra something there. And they had such a remarkable record running through Western Canada and have for a long time. So looking forward to that. It's hard to describe to the listener, but, like, you really feel hockey up there. Like it's a different world. I know it, you know, it's a different country, obviously, but like it is Mike, it's, it's it's 24 seven hockey. I mean, and so you go to the hotel room, Oh, look, it's hockey. You're out on the street. Oh, look, these fans, it's hockey. The, the buzz around the arenas is different than it is down here. It's just, and again, as we get near the playoffs, it's going to be great. Hockey is Canada. Yes. Canada is hockey. That was the statement mm. back in the day. Mm. I don't know about that anymore, though. America's coming. America. <laughs> no Scandinavians been winning everything on the international stage. Anyway, yeah, I, yeah looking forward to it. It still has a, a terrific vibe to it up there. I mean, the Canucks aren't going to make the playoffs. Even the Oilers are still not guaranteed a playoff spot. Right. The Flames are Flames. Fighting, fighting for their lives. Winnipeg's not guaranteed really anything, although they look like they're probably going to be a playoff team. Ottawa's trying to chase down a spot in the East, and then the Leafs are the Leafs, and they take up all the oxygen and look forward to them losing in the first round again this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's so many people have said that. I know. That the, I mean, it Habs, looks like... The Habs are rebuilding. They're just a yeah. long way away from being... Uh, rel- they're, they're always going to be relevant in Quebec uh, and they're always going to be the Montreal Canadiens, but they're, they're not part of the equation up there right now. Certainly not out West. Uh, speaking of out West stars have now lost to the Canucks four straight times. Is that true? That can't be. <laughs> that can't be. I think we need another shaker at Gallardi's house to rectify yes, this. Yes, indeed. Yeah. They're not going to have a chance though. Are they? I think it's back to back. I think that's the second yeah. game of a back to back. Yeah. Uh, showdown in Edmonton, as we mentioned, that might be a first round preview. Make people gag by continuing to talk about that with 
a month left, month and a half or whatever left in the season. And then back in the Saddle Dome for the first time since Goudreau ended the series. And that's how, that's where it wraps up in the yeah, oldest I mean, it, building in the gonna league. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. 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 And Otter is the best road goalie in the league this season. The, I'm dubbing it the Tarmac Vezina. And uh, that that is going to need to continue. Yes. He's going to have to continue to post those numbers for this crew as they head on out. Uh, and and really looking forward to the road. I think everybody's looking for it. It's amazing how this season has gone. You know, they, they had that long run where they played 14 and 19 on the road. And at the end of it, everyone's like, oh, thank God. Whew. You know, got through that, did did extremely well. Uh, and now all these home games, time to make hay at American Airlines Center, and boom. <laughs> Baffling. Here, here's it a really ho- is, yeah. Here's a home stat to marinate in, Mike. At American Airlines Center, 13 of the team's 17 losses have been by one goal. Nine of the 17 wins were by three or more goals. Ergo, they are 3-13 and 13 in one-goal games on home ice this season. Yes. Uh, walking out of there after the gut punch for the fans, I'm like, man, it has been hard to be a home fan this year. Like, they just, they lose in overtime or they lose, you know, in a play like that. It's just... It's been tough at American Airlines Center for fans, and hopefully it's, we're getting it out of our system and uh, the playoffs will be much better. But, boy, that's been hard. Yeah, I mean, the the wins have been have been euphoric. Oh. You know, when comebacks and big big leads, lots of goals and all that. But the, the drama of the one-goal games have, have been horrifying because it's, it's just – it's habitual. It's the same stuff over and over again. They, they yeah. played 14 of the last 17 games on home ice and went 5-4-5. Five, 5. Yeah. 15 points. Yep. A little bit But you sub-optimal. and I both, both know those last five are losses. Like, if you're a fan and you're walking out of there, that's... Yeah, it's just... You know, nine know. losses, basically. I know. Maybe this will be one of those years where, you know, they've, they've struggled and, and they've teetered on that fence the wrong direction all regular season, and then they get into the playoffs and they win every home game. They hold home ice. They yep. win overtimes in, in uh, playoffs at American Airlines Center, and we get paid off in the second season. That would it, be nice. It, it's time to hit the road, Mike, <laughs> for it everybody is time again. To hit the road. And we it's so are funny just listening to him talk about it. Like they are ready. They're like, okay, let's get out of here. Yeah. We've had enough of this. Like nobody's even complaining about the flight from Buffalo to Vancouver. They're like, yeah, bring it on. We're happy. <laughs> well, they fly well. Uh, it'll yes. be an epic they, card they play game a lot back of cards, there. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I hope. I hope you all got something out of this Podman Rush presented by Truly Hard Seltzer. Uh, I guess we'll talk to you from the wilds of Western Canada. Is that where we'll uh, be? Potentially, yeah. When? How long are we in Seattle? I don't. I don't know. Four days? Three days? Yeah, I think so. So I was wondering if it'd be Seattle, but it might be back. Western Canada. Yeah. And then we're yeah. We'll be out west. How's that? We're not going to do one from west. Buffalo. <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, we'll be up there just giving her, eh? Next week. <laughs> Mike, tell Tom it's over. Uh, Tom, uh, wake up. It's over.
You've been listening to the Podman Rush with Daryl Razor Ray, presented by Truly Hard Seltzer, an official production of the Dallas Stars. To stay up to date on all things stars, visit DallasStars.com or download the official Dallas Stars app today. Is this after the pod with Mike Heike? Robertson to Ben. He scores! Hey, Stars fans. This is Jamie Ben. Make DallasStars.com your only place for Stars news, exclusive content, game highlights, and more. Plus, DallasStars.com is your one-stop shop to purchase verified tickets to cheer on me and the boys all season long. Get in the game and visit DallasStars.com today.